Welcome to the Hyper Voice, episode 123. Won't you join me? This is a show about VGC, Pokemon's Video Game Championship Series. I'm here with Alex Underhill. It's me. And Elisa. Hi. And I forgot to introduce myself. I am Steven Morioka. And we are here with uh, Elisa, our newly crowned champion of the second women's tournament. Congratulations. Thank you. Way to rock this event. I mean, uh, you took second place in the first women's tournament, and the only way to improve that finish was to get first, and you just did it. So that is pretty cool. That is awesome. Yeah, I, w- I was definitely glad to finally take it home um, after just barely missing it the first time. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. I don't know how many stories in VGC we have like that. Um, we- we're going to have to ask Steven here because he- he's the uh, old head. Steven, do you know a lot of uh, people that have like gotten second and then just brought it back the next tournament next year for a regional or whatever and just said, like, you know, second's not good enough, I'm going to win? I guess Wolf did that at one point, right? Hmm. Like, like Wolf Probably. didn't do it in the next year. Like, Wolf didn't do it in the next year, but Wolf did eventually go on to win Worlds after getting second. Yeah, probably, um, like, um, there, there are numerous examples, and, like, even I fall into this, like, I got second at a regional, then got first at the next regional I went to, so, um, mm-hmm. th- there's gotcha. just too many examples to think, so, uh, I'm sure it's happened plenty of times, but this is, uh, really cool for Elisa, I think, and I want to, uh, you know, that is a big accomplishment, you know, going from second to first when, um, when, you know, you're right there at the finals, and you couldn't quite, uh, clutch it at the end, and this time you did it. So that is awesome. The whole stream was on Victory Road. And before we talk about the uh, top eight teams, uh, the tournament, your run, your team specifically as well, and uh, some other news about the World Championships later on in the show, um, I just want to talk about uh, and reinforce the significance of hosting this event, the uh, women's tournament. So um, again, this was the second edition. Um, I want to just get your all of your uh, thoughts on hosting this turn or this tournament happening again um, because you know it's been five months since the first women's tournament we uh, have not as a society ended or eradicated you know sexism misogyny or the harassing of uh, women or people who identify as non-binary um, in gaming and just the world in general so um, this was an extremely important tournament to have again and I uh, just want to get your thoughts on this I can't believe it's been five months since the last uh, women's tournament, but yeah, it's it's really cool to uh, give a, a spotlight early in the uh, format, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's like early in this format, so there was like the second week this time uh, for the um, women and non-binary uh, members of the community to kind of shine a spotlight on the metagame. I think that's uh, and like you know just like help establish what uh, what a lot of other top players are going to be looking at. You know, there's a lot of uh, new team archetypes that uh, I think people are going to be stealing. I know me for sure. There's a lot of like really cool teams here that did well. And so it's really cool to um, just like see what people are using in this. I just, it's very exciting. Yeah. And I think kind of like the first women's tournament, um, you have a lot of people who are like kind of playing their first like big VGC tournament, like the um, women's tour gives them like a safe space to do that. Um, and I know like a good majority of those people like made a top cut um, and I personally think that's really cool that it's like, you know, you have the opportunity to like not only play in like a tournament environment that's like safe and welcoming, but also like to do well and to like have, as Alex said, like teams that people are like drawing inspiration upon because it is so early in the format. So I would definitely say it's like a success, uh, like the first women's tournament was as well. 
Would you say a lot of people played for like their first VGC experience was in women's tour, like women's tour one? I don't know what's the shorthand name for it, but yeah, I would say like for some people it was like women's tour one and then for others it's women, women's tour two. I know for me, like at least women's tour one was like my first like major tournament. Um, and there were quite a few people, um, in the women's tour server. You kind of have to like introduce yourself to like get like certain roles and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And many of the people the first time around expressed that, like, this was their first time participating in such a big tour because they had been um, intimidated by larger scale events previously. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just thought it was really cool. It's cool that the now we have the follow up, you know, the people that maybe were brought into the game from Women's Tour 1 were given another chance to uh, run it back, you know, with a bit more of yeah. experience than they're about five months later. And uh, we probably we got to see uh, quite some different results, I guess, except for you. You know, you kind of just uh, broke the mold there. You said, <laughs> no, I'm still going to finish at the top. Um, yeah. Why don't we talk about uh, your run a little bit? Um, so uh, we can start a bit with the uh, the team, of course. So uh, what were the you, you want to start with the six Pokemon and kind of how it came to be? Sure. So I'll talk about kind of the general team building process. Um, this team kind of has like a really long um, origin story. So basically, um, during Series 7, at some point, um, me and Gavin Michaels build teams, like, pretty frequently together, and he was just kind of on the ladder, and he had seen someone, like, actually using Umbreon and making it work, and he was like, yo, I just saw an Umbreon on the ladder, and I was like, you can use Umbreon? (laughs) So I was pretty determined to, like, make a team that, like, showcased Umbreon um, pretty early on, and then about a week after that, we got, like, the format change, and I was like, oh, crap, can I still use Umbreon when, like, Zacian is probably going to be everywhere, because people were really hyping it up, um, with the announcement of the Series 8 rules. Um, but as it turns out, you can, just because, um, Umbreon has been good in previous restricted formats, um, because of its stab foul play, essentially, which does, like, a ton of damage to pretty much any restricted, given that they have such, like, sky-high attacking stats. Um, and on top of that, Umbreon has, like, inner focus, so it can't be, like, faked out and, like, pretty decent bulk. Um, and we have seen it in the past on, I think, the runner-up of 2019 Worlds team. So, mm-hmm. um, all the things that made it good then still make it good in Series 8. And basically, I was just kind of, like, trying to figure out the best, like, build to, like, stick Umbreon on. So I started with kind of, like, Umbreon Clefairy, um, which was a defensive core I had seen in the Liberty Note report. Um, I put them on a rain team at first. <laughs> it didn't work out as well as I thought it would. Um, and then kind of just thinking about Umbreon's like one recovery move, Moonlight, like that gives you two thirds of your health when you're in sun. So I was like, I was using the wrong weather. <laughs> like you get a decrease <laughs> when it's in rain, right? Um, yeah, so I just kind of slapped them on a sun team. And that's how this, uh, process came to be. So kind of about the six mons on the team, um, I would say the movesets are all like pretty standard, uh, but I can kind of go into some detail. So with the Umbreon, um, specifically, like, I've seen people kind of, like, running all sorts of, like, different moves on their Umbreons these days, um, and I didn't say this previously on, um, Audie's interview that I also did, but I think, like, what's so special about Umbreon is its ability to, like, kind of, like, force switches with Yawn, and to, like, continue to put out, like, that pressure in these, like, kind of, like, restricted formats where things are wanting to, like, set up and, like, get all these boosts. Um, and you can just negate that with Yawn. So <laughs> I've seen some people running it without it, and I was like, I don't know why you would do that. Um, and aside from Umbreon, I have, like, kind of, like, the dynamic sun duo of Groudon and Charizard, um, which has put out, like, so much, like, crazy damage um, when sun is out. And I felt also that um, 
son matched up like decently enough into Lapdog, which is like the predominant like archetype right now. Um, so those yep. two kind of just fell into place pretty naturally. Um, Porygon 2, obviously, like a really reliable trick room setter, doesn't just die to Kaelyrex Shadow. Um, so that's useful. And I also had like an Indeedy, um, just in case the guaranteed trick room and also to offer redirection, which was helpful against other sun teams. Um, and then the last member of the team was Cortana, which was teched on like last minute so that I like had a rain matchup essentially. Um, and one question I have received about the Cartana is why is its fourth move like guillotine instead of aerial ace? And the answer to that <laughs> is number one, because it's funny. Um, and number two, <laughs> um, with guillotine, uh, you get a slightly more powerful max move with like 130 base power max strike as opposed to like 110 airstream. Um, and additionally, like guillotine just kind of gives you like a 30% chance of like just winning the game. Like if you click it and it hits. Um, and I think that's kind of more cool than Aerial Ace, so that was my justification for it. That instant KO is so useful. I never got one during the tour, but on ladder it was very fun. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the uh, guillotine, and um, yeah, I do like that choice a lot. Um, you know, it's the same chances a Rock Slide fl flinch, and you see a Rock Slide on all kinds of Pokemon, so um, definitely a viable choice on Kartana over Aerial Ace. Um, I did look this up before we started the show, but uh, the other Umbreon user from... The 2019 Worlds was uh, Hirofumi uh, Kimura from Japan. So um, it's crazy how Umbreon always tends to shine in these uh, restricted formats. And even though you mentioned like Umbreon's in, or, you know, original inspiration kind of came from Series 7 team, like uh, it really got to show its stuff um, in this tournament in this Series 8 format. So that is uh, super cool. So I guess that really covers the uh, team origins here. And... We can talk about the women's tournament too. This tournament, uh, the the event. Um, do you happen to know what the total number of players happen to be? You know, about an estimate. It's just a little below one twenty eight. Um, because before me and the other people in the server were hoping we could hit one twenty eight for eight rounds. It's somewhere like one. It's around one twenty five or so. Mm hmm. Okay. Cool. So, uh, we had about that many players for this tournament. Um, based on what I'm hearing, that would mean uh seven Swiss rounds. I'm guessing. And um, we have a, uh, you know, you played all those seven Swiss rounds and all of the, uh, you know, the cut to make it to finals. So we kind of just want to hear about, you know, what are some uh, highlights from when you played? Um, what kind of restricted legendaries did you face? And, you know, what, what stood out to you while playing? What kind of stuff did you see? Right. Um, so one thing I found pretty interesting about my Swiss rounds in hindsight was that um, I did not face a single rain team during Swiss. And I just mm -hmm. assumed, oh, like, last women's tour, people kind of brought, like, some, like, interesting, like, picks. Um, and Torn Ogre was kind of like, um, you know, it's kind of like a dominant team since it won, like, the Joe UX9 tour, like, last, last week, I suppose. Um, so I just thought, oh, maybe people aren't using Torn Ogre. But then they were everywhere in Top Cut. <laughs> um, so I guess I kind of just got lucky with Matchup Roulette and um, didn't face a single Torn Ogre. Instead, during Swiss Day 1... I played a lot of Lapdog, um, I played two Kaylee Rick Shadows, um, which I love because I have two normal types on this team and an Umbreon. Um, and I would say probably one of the most interesting teams I played um, during Swiss was um, Annabelle's team, or I think she goes by Rubinek on Twitter, um, which the star of that team was like an Elo Moltres, and I just thought that was like a really cool tech because I'm kind of used to Moltres having like weakness policy and like being very bulky. Um, but she had a really, like, kind of, like, 
frail Moltres, and it seemed like the point was to, like, max and then just, like, take a single hit, get the Berserk boost as early as possible, and then, like, clean up with, like, max Airstream, max Darkness. Um, so that was, like, a pretty interesting Pokemon that I played day one. She, um, uh, she ended up going 14-0, and like, 7-0, and right? Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable run. Uh, unfortunately, doesn't seem like, uh, she made it through to top, uh, 8, at least, um... What what was the cut for this? Was it an X and two cut? Was this a um, top sixteen? What what was the cut? Oh, it was X two cut. We X two cut. cut. <laughs> and and how many people were in? Do you remember? Was it? It was probably over sixteen then. It's about twenty eight. About twenty eight. Okay, so like then you you had that round of thirty two, which is like the like I don't know. It's like twenty eight through. I don't remember what the number is, yeah. but uh, something like that. And then a couple of people got buys. You get a buy, right? Um, yeah, anyway, I, I got a buy. We'll get to that part later, though. We, let's talk a bit more about uh, some of the stuff that you faced in Swiss and some of the interesting uh, things. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I'm just thinking of other things that I played during Swiss. I also played um, quite a few other Sun teams during Swiss. Um, mm-hmm. And against other Sun teams, I generally kind of just... Um, led with like my own son it was very different um, than what i was used to doing with this team which is just kind of like leading umreon uh p2 and then being really stally and like clicking yawn 20 bajillion times um to waste the resources so that was like pretty interesting um i don't know how many people were using sun in like the joe ux9 tour but it definitely felt like well at least because i played a lot of sun i just assumed there were other people who played a lot of sun this tour as well when it didn't have like great representation in the last tour mhm i i know that like yuri and Edu used sun in uh joe ux9 tour but i know neither of them made the cut so um i have to admit though uh just like as a random side note talking about your umbreon and just leading it and clicking yawn i've already seen like uh umbreon on ladder because of uh your uh team and just like it just it. I've had games where I'm switching every single turn because they keep clicking yawn and they just yawn it and they just yawn and they just yawn and they just yawn and they're like something's gonna sleep eventually. I'm like I refuse to give in. I don't know if I ended up winning that game because I just was switching every turn. I always felt like I was on the back foot. It's Umbreon is pretty sick. Yeah, that was how my finals game versus Mogar felt. I don't want to get too mm-hmm. ahead. Like if we have to discuss that <laughs> later, but yeah, it's definitely really annoying to play against, just dealing with yawns all the time. Yeah, Umbreon just fits that role so well too. Like it's bulky, and it can sit there, and it has its own recovery move, which is very nice for a Pokemon that will just uh, yawn and really irritate your opponent. <laughs> it seems awesome. Um, and the, yeah, you, uh, the, that filler move. I did want to talk a little bit about it. You said not not every Umbreon seems to run yawn. A lot of like them go foul play, snarl, moonlight, and then there's this like last move that there are honestly some decent options for. Uh, yawn might be the strongest, uh, at least in your opinion, and I have no reason to doubt that. Uh, but it does have like some other uh, solid options too. Like it can run taunt, it can run helping hand. Like it, it, Umbreon's got a pretty good move pool. Yeah, it can also run um, Baby Doll Eyes, which is also interesting because that's like a priority move and it drops your attack by one stage. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a mini snarl, I guess. I actually think, and this is kind of a controversial opinion, <laughs> um, but personally, I think snarl is actually the move that you can drop off of it if necessary, just okay. because like forcing switches with yawn is so strong. Um, and I feel like a lot of the times uh, people who like have 
Snarl and their Umbreon. Not necessarily, but they'll kind of like over rely on Snarl like to deal with um, special attackers. And it's like you're not really accomplishing as much as you could be by like getting them to leave the field or like even just throwing a foul play at something. I mean, foul play KOs Kaylee Rick's Shadow like non-maxed and it does like over 50% when it's maxed. Um, so that's kind of my mm. controversial Umbreon opinion, having spent, like, the l- entirety of last weekend playing it. Snarl was actually the move I clicked the least, um, so <laughs> there's that. Okay, that, no, that's some really good insight into the team. Um, yeah, if there's any other matches during Swiss that you wanted to mention, otherwise we can kind of just talk about your run and cut, uh, which I did kind of spoil later. You went, uh, six and one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, or six and uh, Oh, six and one, six and two. What? Six and two, close enough. <laughs> Wait, I thought it was uh, seven rounds. Um. Oh was no, it... no, no. Sorry, sorry, I misunderstood what you were saying. Continue. <laughs> six and uh, you went six and one in uh, Swiss, right? Yeah. Uh, and then um, and then you had a bye in the first yeah. round of cut. Okay, so then you had a bit of time to prepare for your. I guess it would be top sixteen match, right? Yes. Is that okay? Okay. So then you uh, prepared for top sixteen, and uh, who did you end up playing? Um, so I played Gwen for top 16, and I think her Twitter handle is TsunamiVGC, something to that effect. Um, and I was very nervous going in just because, um, so kind of like Women's Tour 1, I was like dead set on getting past this top cut. So because a lot of people who played ended up streaming their runs, I was able to get information on every single person who was on my side of the bracket, um, which was stressful and maybe not like that worth it, but you know, it made me feel like I was doing something um, in between, like, Swiss and Top Cut. And Gwen's team was a little scary for me because she was running, like, a rain team that instead of Tornadus had, like, a Latios, um, and it also had a Salamence, um, which made, like, kind of my usual plan of leading uh, Cartonic Groudon, which is usually what I do versus rain teams, a little more difficult just because, number one, I don't know if Latios has Mystical Fire or something. Number two, there's, that Salamence definitely has, like, either Flamethrower or Heat Wave. Um, and I'm setting up Sun for it, so this could be a little tough. Um, but I just thought, well, I'll just lead my usual things game one and see what she does. Um, and she kind of just like raw maxed her Kyogre turn one, like into my Cartana, which I was very surprised by, but I was like, well, okay. Um, and game one, I was able to just like take it, uh, by doing kind of like my Stolly trick room thing. Um, and then game two, I just assumed, well, okay, I've seen her max her Kyogre turn one, um, not only like playing against me, but also on stream when I saw her, she went for that same play twice. So I just assumed she'd do it again. Um, and that's how I was able to get past top 16. Um, and then in top eight, I faced Meadery. Um, and Meadery was running a lapdog team with like a few texts that were like a little like scary for me, specifically, um, Taunt Ensign which you can probably guess is annoying for this team, given how often I click, like, you know, Yawn, Trick Room, um, Fury Impulse, so on and so forth, um, and as well as Turbo Amoongus, uh, which is also an issue, given that it can kind of put, like, the Umbreon and the P2 to sleep because they're a little slow. Um, and I kind of mistakenly assumed that she had a Thunderous with safety goggles, and I was like, well, that's probably her entire Sun matchup, so she'll probably just bring the sun Thunderous into me or something, even though I don't have, like, a Venus or whatever. Um, and I actually managed to, like, lose game one, and I didn't even Dynamax because <laughs> I was just kind of playing too passively. Um, 
So the next two games, I kind of like led my, or I brought my usual four of like P2, Umbreon, uh, Groudon, and Charizard, and was able to kind of just do my usual thing against lapdog teams, um, even if she had the Abukas option, as well as the uh, Taunt Ensign. But Ensign can only taunt one thing at a time, you know, so it can't stop mm-hmm. both Umbreon and P2 from being annoying. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, it's pretty cool to see that, um, you were able to, like, overcome, uh, Lapdog. I, it's funny because it's, like, it's a team that I was, like, part of, like, the start of, and, uh, I, I still get annoyed fighting it on ladder. Um, even, (laughs) even though, like, I know kind of its ins and outs, I still lose to it plenty of times. So it's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool that you were able to overcome that in the top eight and move on to top four where you fought, uh, which of the top four players? Um, I fought Lauren, who was also running Sun. Oh boy, a Sun Mirror. This looks scary, and there's even a Naganadel, or whatever, however you want to say it. Naganadel? Naganadel. I always go kind of like Naganapa, like I forget <laughs> how to say the last syllable. <laughs> yeah. So, I played Lauren the last round of Swiss, actually, and her team was very scary, just because it does so much damage with spread moves, um, that it's actually able to get past, like, my kind of, um, bulky leads. So going into top four, I thought, um, I have to do something different against her. And essentially, I kind of played like a 50-50 between like, okay, I'm going to just like helping hand, like use a Charizard max move. Um, and she's going to just have to like, you know, guess the thing that I target. Uh, and it worked out for me pretty well. Either Charizard or Groudon. I should mention I brought um, Indeedee Groudon game one and did that exact same thing. Um, mm-hmm. And that's basically how that went. Yeah, the sun beers are pretty crazy because it's just... <laughs> It feels like every single move could, like, decide the outcome of the game, like, right there on that turn. Like, there's just so much damage output, it's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it worked out for me, I guess, because I had that helping hand option, as well as redirection, which I don't believe her team had. So, Yeah, sun mirrors sound very scary. Um, that's really interesting, though, to see two Charizard Groudons in the top four. Um, it, I'm actually pretty happy to see that. Like, I, I really do enjoy Groudon, and I think Charizard Groudon just makes a lot of sense. It's cool to have Airstream next to uh, Groudon. It really appreciates the speed boosts. Um, you got a special and physical attacker. I think they just synergize a little bit better than Torkoal Charizard, even though it comes at the expense of you have to dedicate a Restricted to use it. But I don't know. Uh, it's just like I, they just make so much sense together that it, they're just awesome. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely think, like, Groudon's not, like, a bad mon to, like, put your restricted slot in. Like, Ground is always, no. like, a pretty good offensive typing, you know, and it's got, like, really strong max quakes. Keyblades is pretty strong. Um, and it gets, like, decent coverage, so. Admittedly, uh, Heatwave and Precipice Blades is a great opener to any game, too, especially teams that, like, to rely on redirection. Like, these are two of the strongest spread moves you're going to encounter, and uh, it, it's going to be very hard for uh, Pokemon to withstand those hits. Yeah, for sure. Um, so then, uh, I guess, uh, going on to finals, it's you versus Mogar. And uh, you talked a little bit about it before, but you want to talk, uh, kind of just like talk about this last set? Yeah, so I was able to get like details on Mogar's team like beforehand, um, which really helped me out, knowing that um, Mogar did not have either Taunt on Ensign or Turbo Amoongus. So I thought, mm, I'm just going to do my usual thing of like, um, sending out like kind of like the slow leads uh, with Porygon um, 2 and Umbreon and then just kind of like, you know, sun in the back waiting to strike whatever the bow bit is right. 
Um, and game one, that worked out pretty well for me. It was kind of funny to watch, like, the commentary in hindsight, um, knowing that I had played, like, kind of, like, HO's son, like, the round before. Um, mm-hmm. just because, uh, the commentator seemed a little surprised by my lead. Like, they thought, oh, like, she's in a bad position. Like, she's not gonna get anything done with that. But in reality, when I was playing that game, I was like, this is great. Like, I'm just gonna click yawn and, like, kind of slowly whittled down like Mogar's whole team with foul play because nothing on that team wants to be eating a foul play or even an ice beam because they brought Landorus into me um, expecting me to just like lead Sun. So that was definitely pretty um, fun. And then game two, I, I thought to myself like, huh, you know, I didn't think about this previously, but maybe Mogar could max the Raichu this game. And then they did. And I was just kind of like, well, okay, I guess here we are. Um, and game two really came down to like, I forget what turn it was, but there was like kind of a point where I had to go for a read on whether, um, Mogar's like plus two Zacian was going to like Behemoth Blade my Groudon or like, uh, Sacred Sword my Umbreon. And I just mm-hmm. assumed, well, they're probably not gonna respect the Umbreon that much now that they have the Sword Stance boost. They've killed my P2, so I can't like set up Trick Room. Um, they, they can just KO it the next turn. And then I got that read right and then was basically able to take the game from there. Um, because I was able to KO their, uh, Zacian with a single foul play. That was very useful. <laughs> Wait, did it, did it one-shot the, yeah. the, it one-shot it? Oh, no, 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 I, I should clarify, like, it took, um, it took a foul play, like, previously, and then, like, the second foul play was able to, like, cleanly KO it. Gotcha, gotcha. I, how much nice. does foul play do to, uh, whatever, how we pronounce this thing? I, I say Zacian, so I don't want to, like, try to call you out. I, you can pronounce it how you want. Anyway, um... How much does foul play do to Zacian normally? Like, a lot, I would say. I imagine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> At its normal plus one, like, somewhere between, like, the 30 to 40 range. Maybe oh, that's like... solid. And so, yeah. if it does it one-shot after it sets up a sword stance to plus three? I don't necessarily think it one-shots, but I think it does a lot. Like It does definitely, like, get close, if anything. Any any yeah. kind of chip would help that uh, get a KO. That's pretty That's pretty awesome. That's just so funny that uh, you can just use its own boost against it uh, with, yeah. uh, with foul play from Umbreon. I've just loved this Umbreon this entire tournament. Like, um, I haven't, didn't even get a chance to watch this game in particular, but I did see that um, it had a really clutch survival against a Sacred Sword at one point. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. Um, so the kind of, for me, um, on my kind of, like, bulky Pokemon, I kind of just like dumping, like, max defense, or at least, like, a plus defense nature, um, just because there were a lot of, like, really strong, like, physical attackers floating around, and it's like, they're, they're scary, you know, and they have types that are kind of, like, they tend to be sort of more, like, on the physical side, so, like, fighting, for example, is, like, a pretty scary one, um, and I just thought, well... I saw that Mogar Zacian had like an HP stat of 199, suggesting that it was like a pretty bulky Zacian and probably didn't have like a lot of attack investment. I think 199 is like the number you hit when you're like max investment um, mm-hmm. for HP. So I was just like, well, even if they try to like helping hand like Sacred Sword me, like it's just not going to kill because it doesn't have enough attack investment um, to begin with. And even if it did kill, I was like, well, I have Trick Room up, so that means I can just send out my Groudon without being intimidated and start spamming P-Blades and, like, be in a good position either way. But it was super clutch. It actually did, like, live on just one HP, and I was like, oh my god, like, this Umbreon. <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> that is, uh, that's so fun. Um, yeah, I believe that is max HP on the, uh, 
on the Zation. I just remember because it's like just shy of 200 and like it just can't barely, it just barely can't set up those like 51 HP subs or whatever that uh, can't be broken by Nightshade and such. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's, uh, I guess that kind of uh, concludes the uh, tournament and uh, your run. Um, were there any other things in the tournament specifically that you wanted to mention uh, about your run or your team? Um, yeah, about my team, one thing that was cool, and I kind of like have mentioned this on social media, um, but the Umbreon was actually an Umbreon I've had since I was like literally a child. Um, and it was pretty cool to like take it all the way um, to the finals and for that Umbreon to become a Women's Tour champion. I never thought that like I would be able to actually use like a Pokemon I've had since I was a kid, um, but the battle-ready symbol makes all dreams come true, I guess. So, that was cool. That is, that is so cool that that feature can uh, allow us to do stuff like that. Is this, uh, I actually know that I, it's probably not all the way brought up, but I have an Umbreon that uh, I have from, like, Coli yeah, Coliseum. Uh, a Coliseum Umbreon that I raised to, like, level 100 and was super proud of as a kid that I think I still do have on one of my games. It's probably, like, an X and Y or something, not all the Wait, way up to the is that feature, the one but... from Wes from, like, the actual Coliseum game? That's what I'm saying, yeah, like, you, you, the Ooh. one you start the game with. Um, oh, rock on. I, 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 don't, I don't know if that's the same one that Elisa's talking about, though. I, is this just one that you had from, what? like, what game did it come from? Um, so this Umbreon comes from my Pokemon Diamond game, and I think I just, like, hatched it as an egg because I wanted yep. an Eevee. <laughs> Umbreon is my favorite evolution by far. I will continue. I will continue to loud the um, battle ready symbol because I think it's one of the best features we got from the DLC, hands down. It is so yeah, fun. For sure. Um, and so why don't we talk a bit about the uh, other teams in Cut here? We uh, we talked a bit about the ones that you faced. Um, you faced Lapdog twice, I guess, um, in the Cut. And uh, here, I guess I can scroll down here to where we actually have them. Uh, we also see a Palkia. We see two Kyogres. Um, we see Duskmane Necrozma. Um, yeah, like these are like the ones that are, uh, I guess that's like pretty much it. Besides Zacian, that describes all the restricteds in the uh, cut. All the teams are pretty different, though. Like um, we see, like what, what are you like seeing as like, what are some of the things that stand out to you uh, from the top cut here? For me, I think definitely the team that I thought was coolest was Yoko's team with like the Dustmane Necrozma um, and like the Ferrothorn mode because you can, I think the purpose of that team is kind of like to make Ferrothorn like invincible with like max quaking a bunch of times and also like being able to set up trick room for it as well. Um, I thought that was just a really cool team because I haven't seen like Dustmane um, Necrozma around all that often. And also, mm -hmm. like, kind of having um, a Togekiss too, just because it's a Pokemon that we used to see all the time and now it's just like, not quite as common anymore, but I love seeing a fellow, like, Yawn Spammer Pokemon <laughs> in the top cut as well. So, I thought that team was kind of fun. Yeah, I really like Yoko's team. Uh, I'm, I'm like, mad I didn't come up with something like this myself. It just seems so cool. Uh, with uh, Ferrothorn, Lapras, Duskmane. I, I, I like all the pieces of this. Ferrothorn is a menace right now. Um, and yeah, like, the, like you said, Togekiss, uh, can still do the yawning pretty well. Maybe not as well as Umbreon, but it, uh, like, like it's, uh, it's got follow me. Uh, it kind of condenses the, uh, Umbreon and Ndidi on your team into one role that, uh, mm -hmm. does both of its, those jobs maybe half as well. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> they, but it still does, it's still a strong Pokemon. And, um, and yeah, yawn is just, uh, honestly really strong in the format right now. Yeah, I love the Togekiss. It's an oldie but goodie. And uh, I also I also want to just uh, comment on the Tyranitar. Like, um, 
It uh, had a focus sash, and it's just got three attacks and taunt. And I actually just really like Tyranitar on this team. Um, really good coverage. It's got uh, Sandstream to just to change weather from the opponents. And, uh, you know, it's really there to be a strong answer to the uh, Calyrex Shadow Rider, as well as, you know, other some ghost and dark types out there. Um, but I love the Tyranitar. Pretty unique. Yeah, Titar does make a bit of sense uh, with uh, Duskbane helping with those Shadow Riders, those Eveltals. Um, it's just good against uh, the Dark and Ghosts, uh, which is really cool. Um, there was also um, Megan's team uh, with the Palkia. Uh, oh, that yeah. team, That team also has a Ferrothorn. Is it the same type of Ferrothorn? I haven't opened it yet. Let's see. Yeah, sure again, that iron, <laughs> that iron Defense Body Press Leech Seed set that... We've come to know and love or hate, uh, depending on your stance on it. Um, it's a really uh, strong uh, Pokemon in the metagame right now. I mean, like that that is kind of why you see Zacians running Sacred Sword as they do, uh, as we saw like on Mogar's team, on the team that I ran. Like you, Stacking defense boost is really solid into the metagame, and um, Palkia supports Ferrothorn pretty well, deleting the fire types, um, setting rain, um, it, it, there's a lot of cool aspects to this team. It, it makes use of uh, telepathy with Landorus's earthquake. Uh, it, it's really cool. Yeah, I also um enjoyed the Palkia team, especially because um, Palkia. I've kind of been like testing with it recently, and it's like pretty. It's it's pretty strong, and also like surprisingly fast. <laughs> like I didn't expect Palkia to be um so fast, but it can get out like damage pretty quickly and like take hits really well and then just set up for Ferrothorn endgames very nicely so mm -hmm. yeah I love this Palkia it's so unique in this uh cut and this format really with uh you know when mostly you just see like Kyogre Zacian Groudon um uh, love this Palkia getting you know th getting uh, Megan this deep in the tournament uh I also want to just uh comment on uh Mogar's team uh one last time again and that is a uh that is that they used Raichu Again, like this is, um, uh, yes, of course. Yeah, this is this is Mogar's uh, thing. You know, Malcolm McKellar using a usually it's Raichu Coco, but I love that they just stick with what they know so well and still gets them super deep into a tournament. So love the um, loyalty to this Pokemon, the dedication. Yeah, yes. for real. Man, and it's it's something different every time. I mean, Raichu does have a very impressive uh, support move pool, um, it, so it, it can keep switching it up depending on what the team needs, um, or you can keep you know switching the members around it to support what you want your Raichu to do. And it, it, there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, yeah, and uh, cool to see uh, more Lapras again. I just like uh, like honestly looking at Lapras. Wait, is there? There's like three of them. Yeah, not all of them with uh, Lapdog this time. There is one uh, Duskman Lapras, but still, Lapras is just a sick Pokemon in the format, and I am very happy about it. I'm such a big Lapras fan. Uh, ever since um, honestly, since the beginning, I was I used Lapras at uh, Dallas before it even got its G Max. Uh, so, um, I'm the real Lapras hipster here, although we don't have John Who in the podcast. John Who's the real <laughs> Lapras hipster. Anyway, um, yeah, Lap like, Lapras, I think just, uh, I think Parrish is just really cool in, uh, into Dynamax formats. I've said this like a thousand times, but, um, it, it's just so, so solid at closing up endgames, um, and in ways that, like, you can't always lock up with damage, especially if you're, uh, left with just, like, some very passive Pokemon, so... Uh, I'm happy to see so many Laprases in uh, the cut here. Yeah, Parrish is scary for sure. Out of curiosity, how do you feel about um, Sheer Cold on Lapras? Because I've kind of seen that like on the ladder a little bit, and 
I was wondering. Ugh, you you well, guillotine Cartana user, you would ask that, huh? <laughs> it's honestly worth considering. Um, my my thought is that like I do really enjoy uh, Parish on Lapras because you want to take two KOs and then click Parish, but taking those two KOs can be so difficult because Lapras is not the most offensive Pokemon, and if you're running Light Clay, you're not really bolstering his damage in any way, and... So uh, maybe you just forego freeze dry and just give up on this silly idea that Lapras can do damage and instead decide that I'm not KOing you with three freeze dries. I'm get KOing you with one of these three sure colds. You're going <laughs> to you're going to go down eventually. <laughs> Same result either way. I uh, I definitely think that there's uh, some uh, solid merit to uh, that. And uh, you can, uh, you know, maybe shift some points away from uh, offense and just go into bulk. So your Lapras hangs around longer and gets more chances to click sheer cold. I'm very... Uh, very much not against it. It sounds fun. It sounds really funny. Like, honestly, I think, uh, uh, Steven, you remember John Who's 16 Lapras? Did that have Sheer Cold? I bet it did. Uh, you mean 2016, right? That's your time. Yeah, about? The, the 2016 one. The one that he won oh, the. Oh, gosh. That, I, you remember uh, that New York tour? Did he win that, I think, or did he lose in the finals? I don't remember. Um, I did. It was play him versus him. He, Cybertron. He, yeah, he came to our one of our mid seasons using, and I lost to him playing against that team, and. I honestly can't remember. Sorry. It was, yeah, I think it was an Assault Vest Lapras. Um, and uh, I actually was even looking at his uh, old 2014 team randomly today. Uh, and he had an Assault Vest Lapras there. Man, John Who, even more dedicated to Lapras than me. Always trying to one-up me, huh? Whatever, John, if you're even listening. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's any other things I want to comment on in the uh, top cut. Uh, I guess there was like one other Raichu in the cut. That's kind of fun. Um, another Ferrothorn. Actually, man, there's uh, yeah, three, just three, three Ferrothorn. Um, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Here's the fun stat. Uh, in top eight, Alisa, uh, there are seven Incineroars and one Umbreon. <laughs> and which one came out on top? Of course, it was Umbreon. I know. I thought to myself um, before the tour, like, if I do really well in this, I'm going to remake that meme that says, um, I think you should replace your Umbreon with something more standard like Incineroar, just because I thought it was really funny. Um, <laughs> but as it turns out, Umbreon took victory that day. Um, what could I say? I actually think it's um, a little bit difficult to compare the two, aside from being kind of like feline looking dark types. If Umbreon is a cat, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what it's supposed to be, aside from the fact its ears are really pointy. Um, just because I think Ensign is, like, much easier to slot onto, like, pretty much any team. It, like, works well with, like, any build. It has, like, so much utility with just, like, fake out, um, intimidate, like, cycling and all that. Whereas with Umbreon, you kind of have to, like, build the team a little more around it so that it can, like, really shine. It definitely can't be, like, fit onto every single team. Mm-hmm. They are kind of just those token dark types that people stack on so that they don't just immediately lose to Calyrex Shadow. That thing yeah. is crazy. Um, yeah. And then on a, on a completely unrelated VGC note, as you had mentioned, Umbreon, cat, dog thing, I had an epiphany when you said that. Maybe maybe the evolutions are foxes. Because like, foxes are like cats and dogs, and the evolutions seem like cats and dogs, so I'm just going to run with that from now on, that they're kind of like foxes. I'm cool with that. I guess so. When you when you think about Evie's tail, right? It seems foxy. Yeah, I mean, if you yeah. want to call it foxy, Steven, sure thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, it, it does tail. seem. I know, I know. Yeah, no, that does sound. Uh, that like it does kind of have the same shape. So yeah, uh, I'm going to say it here. The evolutions are foxes, and I'm gonna give no further comment on the subject. So I definitely <laughs> don't want to go down this rabbit hole. Um, 
yeah, so I guess that's that's it for uh, the top eight, unless you guys had anything else you guys wanted to mention on them. Uh, yes, I do. So Go ahead, Steven. One thing I want to mention is just that um, all of these teams at the time of the recording right now, we do not have these uh, gathered on a site particularly where everyone can look at them um, in whole. We only have the top eight right now, as well as we found a lot of the team data just off of everyone's personal Twitter accounts. So those have been scattered all over the place. It was uh, difficult to track down. And, um, you know, we didn't really mention uh, a lot of these teams and these players, but um, I think either Alyssa Smith, who you can find at Temporal VGC on Twitter, or Victory Road will have these uh, team lists um, later on in this week. So check those uh, places out in the future uh, if you want to look for those teams. But um, just want to run down just to make sure everyone gets their uh, proper shout out for getting in top eight here. Of course, we had Alisa in first year. We had uh, Malcolm McKellar or Mogar in second. We had uh, Yoko uh, Taguma in third. We had Lauren Finn in uh, fourth place. And then uh, all tied for fifth in the top eight, we have uh, Midori, who, Alisa, you played here. We have uh, Pink Sylvie or Megan Hyman. And then uh, Scarlett Andrews and uh, Kelly Kilgallen. I think I'm saying that name right. But, um, mm-hmm. you know. Honestly, congratulations to all these players for making uh, top eight in this tournament. You know, it was or making top eight, top cutting this tournament. Um, I did find the graphic in uh, Victory Road's place. It's also in the bottom of our notes here that we did have uh, 26 uh, top cut players. I, did, I forgot we put, I put this down here. Um, mm-hmm. So honestly, congrats to everybody who made it into this. Like, uh, it's a really notable accomplishment to cut any tournament, especially of uh, this caliber. This is uh, yeah, this is awesome. So uh, yeah. Then um, I guess we can move on to talk about our last uh, bit of agenda here. We got uh, some news this week, Stephen. Uh, we did. And, well, the the news everybody knows by now, but the uh, 2021 Pokemon World Championships have been canceled. This uh, should not come to a surprise to anybody. I've been saying this for months now. Like, it's not going to happen. We're in a bad spot right now with uh, the pandemic. And lo and behold, Pokemon makes it official and... I wasn't surprised. I don't know. Were you two? Like this? Uh, this was not very not like uh, shocking news to me. No, definitely not. Like an event where people travel like literally from all over the world to like congregate in one place. Like that's just not happening this year. Yeah, I was waiting for it, and it just nothing was lining up for it. Like even uh, pandemic aside, like it, the circuit's just not live yet, and like it just. It wouldn't even make sense. Like, uh, I, we're not going to be, like, ready for it. It's going to be all kinds of weird. I I think it's going to be... Uh, hopefully, we're in a better place same time next year uh, at this at the rate we're going. It doesn't seem great. Uh, oh, America's, no. doing, America's doing very poorly. Um, but uh, hopefully, we can get things turned around, uh, I mean, as the uh, vaccine gets, like, distributed and such. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, it doesn't surprise me that it, uh, it got canceled. And I do think this is uh, a good decision from them. So, yeah, overall, we've had the 2020 uh, Worlds canceled. We have 2021 canceled. They are both supposed to be in London, and the one now that has been moved to uh, 2022 will also be, has been confirmed to be in London in the United Kingdom. So they are still sticking to that location, um, TPCI is, and that's, uh, you know, that's nice to honor that uh, location. Also, speaking of honoring things, they will still be honoring the uh, all invitations to Worlds from the previous uh, year, 2020 um for 2022 so that's uh that makes sense i think that is a good decision uh you, i mean a clean slate would be okay I yeah think, that's what i wanted to ask a lot that's of people what would I be mad ask. about that too um but yeah let's get into this you know how do we feel about a clean slate for points 
Maybe you can keep your invitation still, but what about just, like, wiping points? Because it's been so long at this point. I, I honestly think that if, uh... If we start at, like, a regular time... No, we're not going to start at a regular time. I don't know. Because, like, that would imply that we'd be starting in, like, September. And, I again, I just don't think we'll be ready by then. But, um, it just... It feels dumb that we're having this, like, old, old CP. And I have, like, a decent number of it. I'm, like, I'm like 300-something, I think. Uh, I, I, I... And I know that I'm maybe... Uh, in more of a privileged position to be saying this, because like I like I'm a, I'm a decent player with enough events to attend, and I don't want to like take away the CP from people who earned it. Uh, but I do really wish we just kind of just got rid of it all and just started fresh when we come back. Like they they have a chance for like a hard wipe here. Like I I think that they can definitely do some um interesting changes to the structure of things when we get back to events. Um, they like they they have a chance to just kind of like hard wipe everything and start anew and. I do think they should take advantage of that. Yeah, for sure. I have, like, less of a stake in this because I have no CP um, from the mm-hmm. previous season, but it's definitely a little weird thinking um, that I think some of the um, events that counted for, like, 2020 Worlds were played in, like, Ultra Series. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just kind yep. of a weird feeling knowing that, like, there are some people who have, like, tons of CP from, like, Ultra Series events, like, played on, like, a 3DS that still count for, like, Worlds, like, two years later. Um, about it. Just imagine like a like a, a newer player that really rises to the top. Uh, you know, starts maybe in 2021 when events do come back, and they they learn about the like you know travel awards, and they're like, all right, how do I get like enough CP to get up there? Like, I want to get this like day two worlds by. And it's like, oh yeah, this guy got like 800 CP two years ago. Uh, good luck. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you, you're not going to be able to do anything about it. I don't know. Like, that's going to be a bit of a weird aspects to it um but yeah and on another uh note though um so this is something else that was kind of being talked about uh worlds uh we might not ever see a uh, sword and shield worlds um which is very interesting um what did you think of that steve did you have that realization yeah i definitely had that um i think we'll still be in gen 8 but it depends on yes. you know what's announced in the next few weeks like are we getting some new like core game announcement or something yeah i think it, i think it's very possible and like uh if we do get another game uh sometime before we come back we might just never play sword and shield and uh honestly maybe we play never we never play dynamax on uh at worlds and that would be fine with me yeah it's definitely just kind of a weird thing to think about, um, just kind of like thinking about Sword and Shield and how it felt like they were really trying to push like VGC kind of as a post game um, in Sword and Shield with how easy they made like getting competitive Pokemon and like fixing mm-hmm. your IVs and like changing natures and all this other stuff. Um, <laughs> it's kind of sad because it's like they had this whole like Dynamax mechanic that's like literally in an arena and they made like the online play thing like easier to access as well and it's just all kind of yeah. like fell apart we were looking good at the uh, beginning of uh, 2020 like january dallas had great numbers and i did think it was going to be a good year for uh vgc with the transition to the switch new console uh that tons of people had probably like i mean i guess not more than the 3ds yet but like you know it, it's probably going to get there and like i don't know it just felt like it was going to be a uh a really good kick for vgc with sword and shield and the switch and everything hopefully we're able to revive that with, uh, with when we come back and if there is a new game. Um, I hope that the, the like in-game accessibility continues to go forward, but it, they did do some great stuff for Sword and Shield, it's true. When it comes to the competitive games, 
uh, growth and the community's growth. We missed a big opportunity these last two years um, on these genetic games, you know, these first core games on the Switch. And um, we're not, really not going to be able to pick that back up, especially the condition that the world is in um, and whatever comes out of it at the end. So um, we missed a big opportunity. I also think um, this is just it's really sad for the kids who have been in the younger divisions. Like, um, think about like the players cups have only been open to master division players. And that all makes sense with the third party, uh, online platforms they're using, but there, there just has not been an opportunity for the kids to play. And they've struggled enough with the, I know we're, none, none, none of the three of us or our friends really are going to be in this situation, but all of those kids in the younger division, um, they already have enough to deal with, with, uh, what's going on with schools and, you know, everything with that. So, um, I just feel bad for the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. They definitely missed out. And, like, uh, a lot of uh, seniors are just completely uh, aging up. Like, some of the... Uh, at the point that we get back, I think some kids will have moved entirely through seniors. I don't know if that's true. Uh, maybe not. Maybe... But maybe some, like, first-year seniors will become masters by the time that we actually return to live events. Which means they only got like one, like only a, a handful of opportunities to even compete as a uh, senior. It's going to be a little bit wild for the uh, younger divisions, and of course, things aren't great now when they uh, are lacking opportunities to compete. Uh, the game, yeah, is struggling a little bit with the uh, pandemic, but what isn't struggling with the pandemic? Uh, the whole world is. Um, yeah, that, that that's really all I have to say. Not trying to be too much of a downer, and. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to mention about uh, Worlds, Steven? Well, in the uh, article, they mentioned how their Pokemon is going to be continuing to support competitive online play through their new series, uh, Pokemon Players Cup, the Play Pokemon Team Challenge, and they support uh, through their retail partners at League at Home. And uh, I'm just kind of annoyed with how, like, that's all fine for the trading card game, and we only have the Players Cup. So it's kind of sad on our end for the video game things, uh, that side. But um, this also means, like, they're committing to the Players' Cup as they're uh, supporting competitive online play. And, you know, we're not... I don't know if uh, the community is necessarily the biggest fans of this kind of tournament, but that seems like that's all we're going to get for the next few months or year, even. Yeah, I've said it before. I don't love the structure of Players' Cup. Happy to have the opportunity to play something official, because that is kind of what drives me to compete. Um, and that's what drives, like, a lot of people, and those are the competitions that I find the most interesting, is the ones that everybody's going all out for. But, yeah, the structure of Players' Cup is just a little bit annoying, and, uh, it, it would be really fun if we did have some kind of other, uh, aspect. Otherwise, uh, I just continue to support grassroots, like the Women's Tour, like the UX9 Tour, or whatever. Yeah, maybe, uh, we'll get to see, uh, ourselves in live events at some point. Um, you know, Elisa, it would be nice to see you in the future at some point eventually too, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like, I know so many people who play VGC just as like their Discord avatars. Um, <laughs> my kind of like <laughs> embarrassing fun fact is for a while, I thought like, um, Alex has a Gibby like Discord PFP and I thought that was actually Alex really. <laughs> Longer than I care oh to admit. <laughs> and that's just what the pandemic has done to us, like, I guess. You are your Discord PFD. That is what I look like, honestly. Always uh, always shirtless and holding a banana. Um, that's oh just me at all times. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Steven, you can see the picture. We're on Discord right now. I know. I see the picture. It just sounded really bad. <laughs> well, that's what, Gibby, that's what Gibby is in the picture. 
Uh, I can actually tell. I, I, before we uh, wrap up here, I'll tell the story of it uh, over the course of thirty seconds. Uh, basically, it, it's actually I don't know how I chose it, but it was my picture for Nugget Bridge back in the day. Like this is actually a VGC story. I, I did this for Nugget Bridge, and it was somehow linked to my Google account or whatever. And so when I created a Discord uh, account and it like used my same email, it was like, "Do you want to just port that over? Like, you know, you want to use that same." email address and i was like yeah yeah put it in there cool set it all up and then it's just like and here's your picture i'm like wait where'd you get that picture that's from nugget bridge um i don't even know why i chose that to be my nugget bridge pick i have no clue honestly but uh, i'm just rolling with it because it's uh it's an oldie and a goldie what's not to love about gibby right (laughs) awesome well we're uh just about at the end of our show here but, um, Elisa, I want to ask you one last question about your uh, Women's Tournament 2 winning team. Um, you know, from that team, if uh, other players were to kind of take it and uh, change it, and maybe if you were to change it and use it in the future, what uh, direction would you take with it? What would you want to do, to do to it? Yeah, so I often felt that I wasn't bringing the Cartana much, if at all, like except in the case of rain matchups. And I would definitely just kind of like adjust that sixth slot to be something like a little more useful. Um, it has to do, like, kind of, like, the, like, gigantic job of, like, being something that's, like, good in a bunch of different situations, but also specifically being good against rain. Um, so I've been kind of, like, thinking of, um, things to change with that slot. I'm sort of thinking maybe Rillaboom, just because, um, Rillaboom is one of those Pokemon that I feel can actually function pretty effectively, like, both in and out of Trick Room, just because you get to spam Grassy Glide and you go first no matter what. Um, so that's always useful, as well as actually having, like, Fake Out, although Double Terrain seems a little bit silly. Um, but normally I would bring either one of Rillaboom or Ndidi, I don't think I would bring both. So that's something I've kind of been thinking about. Um, but aside from that, I would say, like, I think one thing that's sort of interesting about this team is that it's like you can kind of take the Umbreon P2 like defensive core and just kind of like slap it on another build and see how it does like I think that's kind of what people are doing with the team right now is like taking the Umbreon and putting it somewhere else so I'm definitely interested to see like how other teams could make Umbreon work um just because I've been playing a lot of Umbreon Sun last weekend like I can't see it um functioning without getting like so much of its health back from like those sun boosted moonlights um but I'm sure there's another way to kind of have Umbreon um, do its thing on another build. Fantastic. Well, that is a great advice for uh, anyone out there who wants to maybe adjust this team or perhaps use the Porygon 2 and Umbreon together elsewhere on a different team. But, um, you know, that's uh, that's great because the format, we still got a lot of time with it. We're go- This goes through the end of April, and this is going to be our Players' Cup 3 format, and we have another, like, five, six weeks till all that starts. So, um, everyone, keep on uh, training on. That's been the uh, slogan for the 25th year anniversary, and uh, that will do it for our show today. And I want to say thank you to Lisa for coming on, telling her your story, and uh, congrats to winning the uh, Women's Tournament, too. Yeah, congrats again. Yeah, so thanks again for uh, being on our show. We really appreciate it. For sure. And with that, I will remind everybody where you can find our show and that we are all over the place on whatever most podcasting platforms you can find us. The Some of the highlight ones are Apple Podcasts or iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Remember to leave us a review, say, for example, on Apple Podcasts to help with visibility so that others can discover the show. And you can also tell your friends about this show if they're interested in a show about competitive Pokemon. 
Um, you can find us here on the Hyper Voice. And you can also send your comments, questions, and feedback to our email, vgchypervoice at gmail.com. And you can find our show on Facebook and on Twitter at the Hyper Voice to do those same things. Lastly, you can find all three of us personally on Twitter as well. You can follow me at Super Morioka. Alex, where can people find you? You can follow me at LexconVGC. And Elisa, where can people find you? Um, you can find me at Grace the DI, which is a Grace the Dia flower, but with an E at the end. Excellent. Thank you, the listener, so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And stay tuned for more of the Hyper Voice. Alola. <laughs> <laughs>